Hi, and welcome to the Sexual Intuitive Show. You'll be glad you came. I am Susanna Brisk, still. I am your host, and I'm very happy to have you along with me. I'm very excited about my guest today. My guest is one of my favorite porn performers and exemplifies the term gentleman and scholar. His Twitter bio says he's well-educated and well-endowed, and weirdly, you can tell both things from watching him perform. In an industry full of robotic fucking, it's clear that he has considered everything he does deeply and consciously, whether he's being dom or a sub or queer or straight or kinky in a group or anywhere in between. He's involved in Vex Ashley's art project, Four Chambers, which you should all check out, and he's worked for feminist pornographer Erica Lust. I am honored to welcome Mickey Maud. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me on, on the show. That's Is that nice. the best intro you've ever had? That's a, that's a really good intro. Like they're, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely up there within the, within the top 10 of, of intros that I've had. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. Usually people say like a person who needs no introduction, which I always feel is like, it's, it's still an introduction, but it's kind of a cop-out introduction. It's a you huge know? cop-out. Yeah. It's so, basically saying, I have watched you, uh, in a few movies and now I'm going to interview you and that's it. Yeah. I, I went deep with you, Mickey Maud. You did. You did your research and I, I like that. I did. But you know, what's interesting is that you are a bit of an enigma. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love about my favorite performers across the board, whether sex, not sex, is that the more they reveal about themselves, the less they seem to reveal. And you don't seem like you're the kind of guy who's into that endless self-promotion that's required. Yeah, it's really difficult for me. That's, yeah. that's not something that, um, and you know, I've, I've had friends say, that, like, you are horrible at self-promotion. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I know I'm horrible at self-promotion. And, but your you work know. speaks for itself, frankly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, w- I would say so. I've, obviously, like, I'm, I'm here and, like, people are wanting to, to interview me and I've, I've, you know, talked to, and I've, I've kept working for, you know, to help. Eight years. Eight years. And you started working in porn from an ad on Craigslist. Wow, you really did do your research, yeah. Well, how is that when you just kind of answer an ad, answer a few questions, and then show up at a place like Kink, which is also not the same as the Chatsworth robot porn factory, where everything's just going to be, you know, by the numbers, vanilla, Mm -hmm. whatever, woman as receptacle... Um, what's it like to turn up at kink after you've answered an ad like that? Was that, which part was more shocking for you? The fact that you actually in reality in this moment now had to take your clothes off and have sex with somebody or the fact that it was on the kinky side? I, I think was, was the shock was getting the call back to do another scene. Uh-huh. That I think was, was the shock for Cause me. Cause it's not how you saw your life panning out is, is doing this kind of work. Or yes. No, I mean it was it was always something that was that was a fantasy, but it was never this sort of like you know intentional thing. It was like oh, okay, like oh, you know you casually like search for it every you know once in a while. Like, uh-huh. Oh, I'll see you know this is when you know Craigslist had like you know those the adult gigs section, which is now long since gone, and you know that was looking for you know webcam models and you know you know people to be in, in porn, and so I was like okay, well I saw the ad. You know, sent a few photos, did not expect to get contacted, got contacted, you know, you know, get an appointment to show up for an interview, do a sit down interview 
And then it's it's funny. What's funny now is because like I actually you know worked at Kink doing like working in the talent office and doing kind of booking and travel coordination and also doing some recruiting and doing those interviews. So like that's funny now to kind of like I would always talk about that in those interviews. I'm like I sat in this room and I did the same interview. Right. Like, um, it's like being a sub before you've been a dom. It just gives you a little insight. Yeah. 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 It's like I've been in that, you know, in that position. Yeah. I, I kind of, you know. Can I know what understand. the flogger feels like. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I had always had a, an interest in, you know, kink and BDSM, but I hadn't really found my community yet. So I didn't have a whole lot of ex- practical experience with it. So, you know, when I applied I wasn't very aware of like kink.com as like like a porn product it's like I knew they made porn I knew they made like BDSM porn but I didn't you know at that time there were no tube sites so it wasn't like free so it was like you know you watched a trailer on the site and like that's was all you got you know so I I knew what they did but I wasn't you know I, I wasn't like initiated or I wasn't like you know playing in my personal life to the level that like I wanted to because I think for a lot of people you, it, I think it takes a while to learn how to express and how to articulate what it is that you need from your sexual experiences. And so early on, I was very shy about kind of like sharing some of those things. So, but how old were you when you answered that Craigslist ad? Because you couldn't possibly have had the sophistication that you have now, even with or without a community. I feel like it really does, like you say, take time. Mm-hmm. I was... Um, 27. Oh. Yeah. So oh, you I'm look a, really little, young. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I get that a lot. It's yeah. great to hear every time. Must um, be the fucking. Yeah, it does keep you a little little young. I um, know. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, I, I was a, a lot older than, than I, I think a yeah. lot of people who come into Well, especially the, the women. Industry. The yeah. women are like 18. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's this weird sort of... Um, I mean, Double standard? A, well, it's a, we live in a youth-obsessed culture, you know. Um, you know I most, noticed. Most media is, is, you know, done through the perspective of, like, you know, younger people of the, like, you know, 18 to, like, 34 sort of crowd. And, and I've, I've, porn is always kind of like a, I think, a caricature of, like, larger society in a lot of ways. And so, like, Interesting. you know, all of, all of the things that we have, like, you know, you know problematic difficult time dealing with are just like right there in your face in in porn um and you know it's either like you're either 19 or you're a milf because it's easier to put a tag word a search word in Mm -hmm. when it's easily classifiable and i think that's the reason why i'm attracted to what you do is because it's not easily classifiable Mm -hmm. and you have so much range in terms of like being able to be the dom and having the voice Mm -hmm. Because the big thing is the voice. Um, and then having other stuff where it's like super subby or very queer or, uh, you know, different kinds of people, um, all different kinds of people. And is that something that you consciously go into where, or do you just take what kind of whatever you're given and people just gravitate towards you who are in this more conscious kind of porn? I guess, do you mean like, you know, as as a scene, like when I'm going into a scene? Yeah. Is it something that like, I guess it would, it would be like a dance. 
right? It's a, it's a conversation. It's, it's you, you know, you know, you know, sometimes very little about the person that you, you work with. And so you have this sort of conversation and this negotiation about like, okay, well, what kind of moves do you like? Do you like salsa? Do you like, you know, square dance? Do you like foxtrot? Like, and, you know, a lot of times you know what, you know, like, okay, the director wants us to do this particular right. dance Right, like today. if you're it's doing like public disgrace. It's public thought, disgrace yeah. or like, you know, like what the beats are. No pun intended, but like that would have been a good pun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you you know like these certain things have to happen at you know I, I feel like the best scenes are however many people in that scene building something that's greater than you know what they would you know be on their own right so like yeah. everybody is like just like any sort of like performance like you're you know hoping that by working together and by listening to each other that you can invoke a response that the audience will enjoy and you know ideally want more of. But don't you just wish that more people who weren't in the sex industry thought about sex this way? Do I wish that more people were not ashamed about sex? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, conscious and so just present in it. It's Mm -hmm. like it's not about the mechanical act. Mm -hmm. And so much of porn is so mechanical. And I understand why... It's like that. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't understand why it's like that. Why does so much porn have to be so mechanical? Why does it follow that same formula? I'm talking about vanilla porn now. Yeah. I, I think the best analogy that I have for it is okay. Well, why does like fast food exist? Like we know fast food is like really unhealthy when you consume it like long term, but. They're everywhere. Like, why do we need another Taco Bell? Why do we need another McDonald's? Like, why do we why do we need these things to be like mass produced? I don't know if this is like a capitalist thing or an American thing mm-hmm. or yeah. Um, and you know, you know, but also there are like really nice restaurants and like you know there are restaurants that like you know take time and the quality and put the quality and care and like you know presenting you something that you really enjoy yeah like and a good double penetration exactly yeah exactly um i want to go to that restaurant i don't know if i want to eat there every day i would go <laughs> once but not not all the time um were you um shamed about sex as a kid or no i wasn't i wasn't shamed about sex as a kid um it was just something that we was it discussed? Talk, it wasn't wasn't discussed a whole lot. I mean, it was like discussed like a little bit. You know, my mom uh, is a mental health professional, and she you know she went back to school later in life to to study that. So there was like some attempt to kind of talk about you know sexuality, but you know also you know your parents are your parents, and so it, there is an, right. an awkwardness that that it comes with that. You know, I remember you know my mom being like do you know about masturbation? And I was like, I was like 13. So yeah, I, I definitely knew about it. I was like, yeah. And my mom was like, okay, cool. If you have questions, we have, I'll get you whatever books that you want. And like, I have these books because she was, you know, studying at the time. And so like, I, I did actually have like, you know, our bodies ourselves and like the new like male sexuality and like, you know, I had the DSM four was like right. available to me, so I, I had this this weird sort of library like available to me when I was when I was younger. So, 
Um, it would have been know. the DSM three then, wouldn't it? Or was it the four? I think it was. I think it's probably would have been the three. I'm yeah. very up on my mental illness, as as everybody should be. Um, yes. Yeah, I think I think it, I think it was the three because I, I think um, there were certain things that I was like, really? That's classified as a mental disorder? Yes. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Like, that could actually warp mm-hmm. your understanding of sex, especially as... I mean, do you classify yourself? I don't really identify. Um, and I notice what happens is, is, especially when you're kind of like in, like, the... When you put yourself out there on the internet or, or to the world in whatever capacity people want to assume identity yes. on you. And that's, that's fine. I feel like everybody does that to some extent and, you know, they kind of learn like when you can and when you can't do that, and when that works and when that doesn't work. Um, I like personally, like, I don't think that anything is, is that simple. And I don't, you know, it's like, and I feel that like everybody will have experiences that that challenges the way that they identify yes. like, throughout the day. Whether you're like, you know, how I identify as, you know, as a meat eater, and then you have that experience that's like, well, maybe I don't want to eat meat. Maybe I want to be vegan. But that's much more in the kind of porn that you do. I, I I'm not saying I never watch it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, then it feels like, like you said, it's like when you have McDonald's and you're like, ugh, why did I do that? Yeah, yeah. Some people like the French fries, you know? Yeah. You know, there's there's a, a distance between, you know, the way something is made and the end product. You know, we all know, we all know that from, you know, what, what you know about, like, mainstream media. And I think a lot of times what people have, a, I think, a harder time understanding that distance when it comes to pornography because, like, the sex is real and, like, so they think that everything is, is real. And I, I do think that it is problematic about the level of transparency that some people who produce content don't employ in their business practices. I've been in this industry for, for eight years and I've, I've heard, you know, a number of, like, and of horrible experiences. Oh, I've had sure. my own experiences. And, you know, and, you know, thankfully, a lot of those people don't last too long in this industry. We do have, like, a, a really good sort of uh, of network of saying, like, hey, like, this person is really shady. Don't work for this person. This person is, like, but with any anything in any industry, like, money has a way of keeping, you know, people insulated from uh, the repercussions of their actions. And it was, that's one of the reasons that I have been really active in with like groups like, uh, APAC and like free speech coalition and, you know, helping out whenever I can in terms of how do workers come together because we are, we are workers and talk about the, the conditions that we work in and make them better for everyone. And it's a hard thing for people to wrap their head around because I, Porn is always this sort of, oh, well, it's porn, you know, like it doesn't matter or like it, you know, it appeals to the lowest common denominator. So we don't have to treat it with any sort of like, you know, moral or ethical bar. And it could be in all levels of like whether we want to like, you know, increase the like value of production or whether we want to like, you know, you know, block something out for the camera or like, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll just figure it out sort of thing. You know, when when that attitude um, is so prevalent real 
bad shit gets swept under the rug. The reality of the situation of, of, you know, things like people not getting paid, people showing up to set and finding out they're doing, you know, something completely different or that their, their agent didn't communicate all the information to them or the company didn't communicate all the information to them. And now they're at a place where they're supposed, they thought they were doing a different job than they were originally going to do or, um, you know, people, you know, find out that they are going to be described um, with words that they don't feel like reflect, reflect them as, as a person, you know, or are disparaging about like the community that they belong to. Does your family know what you do with all these nieces and nephews? Some, some of my family knows, knows that. Do your I parents do. know? Um, some people in my family know. Other mm-hmm. people in my, my family don't know, and I don't feel the that they like need to know my, my family is generally like, has anyone ever found out? Um, and then you turn up at Thanksgiving and they're like, Hey, well, (laughs) yeah. So I mean, my, my, my sister like found out through, you know, casual, like acquaintance mentioning that like they had saw someone that looked like me. And then, um, you're pretty distinctive too, by the way. Mm -hmm. And also for the fact that I just don't do, you know, mainstream porn. So there's this other level of like BDSM not being like, you know, generally understood. And then the, you know, performance of like, you know, BDSM porn. Um, I was going to say, you're not hurting anyone. And then I realized that wasn't technically true, but you're not hurting anyone who doesn't want to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But I still feel like BDSM is super outside the mainstream. Even people who are in the super sex positive groups, there's kind of like a prescribed way of doing it beyond consent. There's a whole thing about, well, let me sit down and negotiate with you everything that, and would you like this paddle or would you like that paddle? It's like, really? And that's, uh, that's, you're dominating me and you're going to like, we're going to, we're going to negotiate now and you're going to request, uh, whether you want the fluffy thing or the non-fluffy thing. Isn't there a point at which if you're really doing BDSM at a, at the level where you want to get really deep, really find out about yourself, about who you are, about who the person you're with is, that you kind of just gave a blanket consent and now it's on. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think consent is, is blanket. I don't, I don't think you can say, you know, I think especially with BDSM because BDSM doesn't exist in a, in a vacuum. You have other things that are going on in your life and you may or in your body, for example, exactly, yeah. exactly. You, you know, you may be like, Hey, you know what? Like my stomach is like really queasy today. And so like, I don't want to do like impact play on my stomach area. Right. Like, you know, that is, that is, I think re- redefining like consent, like, because in order to kind of get to that level that you're kind of talking about where you just are able to like, you know, meet up with somebody and yeah. Yeah. And kind of into it, like that takes a lot of communication that takes a lot of, and, and not just like this physical, you know, verbal communication, I, sorry, not just the verbal communication of like, you know, do you like, you know, thuddy or stingy pain? Do you like humiliation? Do, what names do you like to be called? Like, yeah. do you like, you know, specific types of bondage or like this implement or that implement, but also the communication that comes from being present with someone as they're going through this experience. Paying attention. Yes, paying attention, you know, 
listening to somebody, reading their breathing, reading their like body language and like being able to like react to that and responsive to that because you were taking someone on a journey. I think a lot of people think that this is like, well, I do my role and then you'll just do your role sort of thing on, on either side. And it's, that's why I use that, that analogy of like, it's, it's a dance because like you have to like, you know, feel it out on some level. It's like, yeah, you know, like what the, the role, you know, generally looks like, but like you bring to it so much more with like, you know, in the present moment, in the present moment. And that's what I like about BDSM is that it is an exercise in, in, in presence. It is an exercise in paying attention and being there for somebody regardless of what side that you're on and regardless of what sort of like role play scenario that like you, you may, even if the role play scenario is that I'm going to completely ignore you, right? you're still aware of that person. You're still aware of like maybe a certain time, you know, there, I think there are these things that like people, um, you know, people want to want to focus on the, the sexy stuff all the time, but the, the work behind it, um, sometimes gets glossed over. And that's, I think, how you get to a point where things are, are really good and really, really, you know, can get really hot and heavy. And I, I think a lot of times people, yeah, but I mean, also there's people overstructure sometimes and people are like, yes, want to, and that will put some people off about, you know, the experience. But I, I feel that there's all, just like any sort of relationship, like you find the people that you are able to connect with and some people you're not able to connect with and you find somebody else. Do you yeah. have a DS relationship in your personal life? If it's too personal, then obviously. Um, I, I have, um, you know, I, I don't have a, a DS relationship currently. Um, Do you feel like it's something for those of us who it's in our DNA that we need that, that you need to have a DS or is it enough to just like do just do some BDSM without being, you know, codifying it as much. I mean, I can't speak for everybody. I, I think for some people, they definitely feel that they like, you know, the way you need to live is the way that you need to live, you know? And are you listening America? <laughs> some people it's perfectly feel, simple. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And yeah. And for some people, um, you know, you go through different time periods of your life where you're like, all right, like, I want a DS relationship right now and that could last for a few years. And you're like, oh, well, you know what? There are other things going on in my life where like that kind of takes a back seat. If you're, if you believe in monogamy, which you don't, correct? Correct. Well, I mean, it's a, it's exist, you know, (laughs) you don't believe in You're not questioning the existence of monogamy. It's it's not like a Santa Claus Easter bunny sort of thing. I actually think it is. (laughs) I mean, if you look at the statistics, it's almost... It's like monogamy. Uh, well, m- I, I think it's an uh, it's an unrecognized choice for mo- for most people. Right. I think people don't like Unconscious. it's a default. You right. know, it's like people don't realize that they can choose other things. Well, they realize, but they choose it um, underhandedly, mm-hmm. and they choose it through lying and cheating and um, all of that. Which I think maybe for some people must be part of the turn on, like why they need to do like they actually need that lying and cheating part that that's part of it that if they actually communicated to their partner and maybe if their partner was like you know what I'm okay we well, you know we've what well, we've been together 12 years and I'm kind of sick of the sight of you can you just go and fuck somebody that'd be great I feel like that kind of would take away an element of excitement for some people yeah I mean I I, I agree and I um 
I definitely like understand that. Like I definitely understand the, you know, wanting to have that excitement and spontaneity and, you know, you know, with, with me and, and my wife, you know, we have an, we have an open relationship and in, you know, trying to figure out what sort of open relationship or what like the boundaries of a relationship were going to be. Like we struggled with that a lot because for me, what I, I like having that sort of like spontaneity and I like having that. Yeah. And it's and tricky. And for, for, you know, for some people and for, for me and was something that I had to learn is that when I kind of talk about like, you know, but my wife needs this sort of like full disclosure of like, you know, what's going on? Who are you hanging out with? What are you like? How long are you going to be like out? You know? And that wasn't out of, didn't come out of a place of like, you know, wanting to feel in control that came from a place which took me way too long to learn of, of like, Oh, I want to plan out my day so I can go and like hang out with my friends. Or I like that became a place of like, scheduling, you know. Right, but even but, like, if it was a place yeah. of uh, jealousy or control, like that would also be okay. Yeah. It's like that's what's so interesting when you're negotiating the boundaries of an open relationship is that you don't really need to justify why you want the other person to check in when they're with another partner, for example. Yeah. Like you don't re- you just you can just be like, you know what, that's kind of what I need or what I want to feel safe. Yeah. And in that way, people who are really engaged in like conscious polyamory as opposed to like fucking other people in hotel rooms on business trips mm-hmm. are so advanced in their communication. Like I feel like that stuff taught me so much more about communication than so many years of therapy because it's real, it's immediate, it's in the moment and you don't want to hurt anybody. And yep. it's... Uh, it's challenging and difficult because you're dealing with shit that's really messy and not linear at all. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, and you're dealing with a lot of your own shit that you didn't know existed until you were kind of confronted in this, like, you know, with that, with that particular situation, I had to really think about, okay, what is it like that I like about the spontaneity? What is it? And like, how can I create that in different ways? Like, you know, like what is coming up with, for me when I'm like resistant to like, you know, hearing about something that, you know, like this person may want that is different from what I want or how I think things should be structured. Like how, like, what are the things going on with me that I have to like, because for a lot of people, there is the, you know, with monogamy, it's really simple. It's really e- easy. You don't have to think about those oh, things. Oh, it's much it's, easier. Yeah. It's like, you know, we are together. And if you are with someone else, then this whole thing doesn't work. Do you ever wish that you could fit into those boxes? Because I certainly do. My life would just be so much easier. Like I could have stayed married. I wouldn't have to schlep sports equipment half the week to another house. Like I wouldn't have to. Uh, there's just a lot of things that are a lot easier. Yeah. I mean. Path of least resistance wise. Yeah. They, I mean, there are a lot of things that, that would be a, a lot easier, but that's not the the hand that I was, I was dealt, you right. know, That's and not it's, our and path. Like, yeah. And it, and it's, you know, there are things that like, you know, we're never going to be able to change about ourselves and it's how much energy do you want to spend and spend into. And I, I think a lot of people live that way. A lot of people live like, Oh, I wish I was, you know, this thing different. And yeah, maybe there are, for some of those things, there are ways to kind of get closer to that or to actually like, you know, be that thing. But for a lot of those things, like we can't like change that. We're you know, hardwired. I, yeah, I, some I, things are hardwired. I, th- I think 
hardwired in terms of like our, our, our needs are hardwired. Yes. Right? You know, like I need to feel this certain way and what I see as like the path to this way is doing this thing. And, you know, for some people, like changing that path is something that will take a lifetime to do. For some people, changing that path is like finding a new partner who wants to walk that same path. Um, it's, you know, that's why, you know, I say it's like it's an everyday thing of like, you know, you may wake up one morning and you may have an experience that, you know, changes what you thought the path was or what you thought like that destination was. Um, and sometimes it is meeting a person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an odd thing how a person can ping you like a, like a little silver ball in a pinball machine into a completely other direction just because they inspire you to want to explore a different part of your own sexuality. And the majority of people who are involved in a monogamous relationship have to kind of avert their eyes from that and be like, no, that's bad. That's a bad, that's a bad impulse. That's a dark desire. We can't do that. And rather than judge that, I would have to say, I understand that. I mean, as somebody who threw a bowling pin into my life to make it more like something I recognize, I do understand the pragmatism of just averting your eyes and being like, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to engage with that because it's a more difficult path to be authentic is a more difficult path. You seem like a really emotionally stable person. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you person has met me like, what, two hours ago. I'm very intuitive. (laughs) Do you think that the cliche that uh, emotionally unstable people are drawn to BDSM is true? I don't think so. I I think, one, I I think that, um, you know, this this concept that there has to be something wrong with you in order to do BDSM is just really, really false. Cause it's what do, so what do, damaging yeah. and so untrue. Yeah. I mean, what are you, what are we really talking about? We're talking about like, do we think it's damaging that a group of people want to be open and honest about what their sexual fantasies are and engage with other people who are open and honest about what their sexual fantasies are. Like um, on, a, on a very basic level, whether that, you know, that fantasy is like, I want to be like, you know, beaten while I'm fucked, or I want to, you know, you know, play this sort of role play scenario. Like if these people have nothing wrong with it and are consenting to everything and enjoy the time that they spend together, how is that fucked up? You know, um, it's, it's funny, you know, cause the BDSM community uses this term like, you know, like play all the time. Yeah. And I kind of hate that. I kind of, I kind of like the simplicity of it because I it's, just it's can't find a better fun. word, but it just, I mean, sometimes it just feels like it really trivializes it. It's like, I ain't playing. I mm-hmm. don't think any, I mean, the people that I know and respect, even when I, when I watch you doing a scene or I watch Sophia Locke 
mm-hmm. doing a scene or or Owen Gray or my favorite performers. It's like they're not playing around. Mm-hmm. It's 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 real. It's like, and you feel the authenticity when you're. I mean, obviously, even though there's a camera there, it's yeah. not completely. You know, there's a little theater in it. But yeah, I mean, I like the word play because it for me, what you're getting out of it is joy, and so that's why I feel like the the word play is 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 appropriate. Sometimes it's fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to work really hard for that joy, you know. Um, but. I think I think it's an I think it's an appropriate term because depends how much of a pain slut you are, frankly. I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen you take pain in a video. There are a few Have you out done there. That? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it for your, your own research to, <laughs> to find out where they are. You can't just give this shit away. <laughs> Let me get my phone out right now. Go for it. You might, you're probably gonna have to scroll back a ways to to find that. Ah. Yeah. So, but one of the things that I do like about the, the, even though I complain about the lifestyle thing being very, I don't know, it's a little eye rolly. It's like, oh, you got your little travel caddy full of your, your toys that you need and you need the correct leather flogger and let me have 20 kinds of leather flogger. It's like, do you think some of these people might be missing the point a little bit? That's, that was the thing about the red room that was so funny. It was just like, oh, look, he's paid for really nice equipment. Yeah, I, I I think that this also also I think prevents a lot of people who are interested in BDSM from getting involved with BDSM. Just like I think any other hobby, there's this sort of like hobby, like well, okay, <laughs> sorry, hobby or it. or lifestyle. Like there's this okay, like with people who who do like you know like professional video work, there's this term called like gear acquisition yeah. syndrome. Yeah, gearhead. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Where people just want to like, you know, will, you know, purchase all this gear of like, this is going to make me a great filmmaker. This that's is a very make- male thing. No offense. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very male thing. But Male I also energy think, thing. Yes. But I think what happens sometimes is like people get too caught up in like, these things will make me into... A dom. Yeah. Oh, so and not. Because like, you know, they've, like you know, checked all the right like boxes of like you know, got the outfit. I've got all the you know, <laughs> I've got all of my like you know implements that I'm going to use. I have you know my my dungeon space and what just like you know people who buy all this gear and forget that like you know story is what people love about you know that art form. A lot of people sometimes can ignore that like the relationship and that 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 dynamic of you know of power exchange um and those you know those elements can exist without all of those things like absolutely you don't, yeah. and i i think people, and it's mental isn't yeah, it it's it's yeah it's absolutely mental it's mental and it you know has its physical component but it is um it is a, a space that you kind of create rather than, you know, a space that you can, that you can purchase. And I, I think that, you know, and BDSM is, it is, it's a, it's a luxury experience. You know, it is, it is something that you have to be in a certain social economic place in order to enjoy, right? Like you have to have like the safety and security of like, you know, being able to have, you know, free time at your disposal, well, you can't be homeless. Yeah, you can't be homeless. Um, that would make it like really 
you have bigger issues yes. when you're homeless. You and know, it's you have illegal. You can't when have yeah. when you're when you're poor. When you're you know so there is it's it's seen as this you know one of one of the things that I have um, you know I've, I've been I've always been aware of if that the the number of of, of people of color in the BDSM like space performance wise and in in you know. Uh, lifestyle communities is is not very high. Um, I don't know a whole lot of other um, people who do what I do who look like me. Orpheus Black. Orpheus Black. And that's Jack it. Jack Hammer. No, this, yeah. Like, like, you know, the probably on like one hand, you know, I know there are the a lot of people who out there. The guys on the lair are all black, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, so that's the good. thing is like, you know, we're we're out there, but we're not represented, and that that well, is well. As you my, said, porn is just a microcosm of the society and shows off everything else that's wrong with the society. So yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's 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 problematic when, and I hear you know stories like this all the time of people not feeling welcome into BDSM communities because they're people of color or because they're trans or because that they don't have representation out there. They don't have, they don't feel welcome because what is seen as like, you know, proper and appropriate like BDSM dynamics does not traditionally include them. Well, even more interesting, I saw an article, I don't know if it was the New York Times maybe or the New Yorker of this woman of color who is in a not just a DS, she's in an MS, a master-slave relationship with a white uh, composer. He's some kind of brilliant composer. And how much... I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, what's her name? Um, Sophia St. James. Oh, you're so good. Thank you. Um, So I love this idea that the political has nothing to do Unfortunately, with your sexual proclivities and how much flack she's taken in her community mm-hmm. from being someone who will allow herself to be treated as a quote-unquote slave. I mean, that mm-hmm. is some deep shit right there. Talk about having to break the paradigm and be like, hey, this is what makes me happy. So how are you going to judge that? Yeah, yeah. And um, actually, I'm just making sure. Did I get that name? I think that was the the correct name we'll fix it um, in post yeah um <laughs> thank, thank you for that um, i'm going to stitch it together from your from your movies i'm going to stitch together you saying the right name no okay. i don't have anything close to those research resources can you google it real quick brian Collada, um, ladies and gentlemen our engineer um but uh, you know and I, documentary filmmaker in his own right um i, I you know what Sophia i sent james I, I think what i what i and we haven't really even like touched on this because I mean we've talked about so much. Don't but, you love you know, that we have not talked about race until all the way till this part of the conversation? I kind of love that. Well, yeah, we we haven't talked about race, but we also haven't talked about um, you know I think the, the the I think the depth of which like your sort of like BDSM um, relationship can like you know I. I can do what? Let me let me find a better way to say this. What I what I'm saying is that you're able to create places where you can explore these very like deep dark issues. Like real life, we don't have safe words, you know. And 
there are not a whole lot of safe spaces to explore these very, very like dark parts of like ourselves. To me, like what's the most beautiful part about that? To me, that that situation that you were, that we were talking about that is that is love. That is love that you trust someone so much that you were able to go to that place like emotionally, physically to let go of all of that that baggage that people see as being connected with that with someone that is able to take you to that place and take care of you in that place. And I think a lot of people don't like get that about BDSM relationships that of how much caretaking is is going on and how much trust there is to really be honest with like, you know, fantasies that like people like may there are people who live their whole lives and never talk about these things ever. You know, people like die people make horrible decisions based on like not wanting to confront certain things that they think about or that they fantasize about you know i mean think about probably that i mean how many people have probably committed suicide because they haven't been able to like reconcile their own sexuality you know and well i think that's why i mentioned the thing about being mentally stable and in the context of everything that we've discussed is that for some of us, BDSM is not a luxury mm-hmm. because if you live your whole life a certain way and you're denying something about your own DNA and not pursuing it, that will make you crazy. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that will drive you insane or yeah. that will make you like resent like, you know, like a partner or a community like that will... It, I think it's just that's been proven that that will eat away at you over time. Yes, I proved it. <laughs> but you, 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 but you made a change, you know. And for a lot of people, like making that change, like, is really difficult. Well, that's why uh, I feel like this is such a calling, and why I love what you said about love. And I started cheering and smiling like a cheerleader because it is about love and it's so hard to explain to people who have a concept of still of BDSM as like whips and chains that in some ways it is the highest form of love. Not that, you know what, I don't need to judge like whose love is, my love's better than your love. Um, But thank you for coming and talking to me. Did we find out if that was the right person? So the person you were talking about was Melina Williams, the person I was talking about who is in an interracial... I don't even like that word, interracial. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that either. Why don't we but like that word? the person that we were talking about yeah. is Melina Williams. Right. Yes. Why don't we like that word, interracial? Let's just... Let's finish on this. Okay. I don't want to let go because nobody talks to me at this level. Okay. It's like really wonderful and refreshing to have such a deep conversation about sex like this is just this is my jam like this is what's more interesting than this i don't know nothing to me so what is it um that what is it about that word interracial it's like when you see it as a tag word it's it always makes me just roll my eyes so far in my head i just i don't understand why when you see it as a tag word what what bothers me is how narrow the definition of that that word is and how it is used primarily in the context of 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 porn and adult entertainment to describe a black man with a white woman 
Like it is not. That's the implication. Not, yeah. yeah. It, is, it is rarely used to describe a black woman with a, a white guy. And, oh, what or about an Jews? Asian guy or yeah. And <laughs> there should be a tag word for Japs, yeah. like Jewish American princess, Jewish Australian princess. Do you want to see a Jap break her finger now? <laughs> I, I I told you it must be close to noon. I'm getting my sense of humor back. I, I you know I have a. This is, I mean, this is a big can of worms that that, that we're opening up. Yes. If we're going to go there. Um, I don't really know how much time you, you do have to, to go there. However you long know. it takes to figure it out. We're going to solve this whole issue. We're going to solve racism in America. Go. All right. <laughs> um, step one. Step one. Stop um, using that tag word. Yeah. Well, I mean, also part of... of my issue with it, it is generally, so generally it's used for a black, black man with a white woman. Black man with a white woman. There is oftentimes some sort of like overt mention of like the difference between the two. It's not just described as like these are like, you know, people who look different who are having sex. This is like, there's always some sort of like dynamic involved like maybe he is very large and she is very small or you know there's always some sort of dynamic that is oftentimes for a white male cis audience to consume rather than um an audience of color well the majority of cook porn that i've seen cuckold porn Mm -hmm. is it's like 99% of the time, it's a, a black guy yeah. fucking your wife. Yeah. What's that about? What's that about? That, I mean, that, okay, so there's, there's a difference because, like, I, you know, I do some of that porn and... I feel what, like what, now, again, I want to high-five you. This is the second time. <laughs> so, I mean, there's... Okay, so I think that there's a, a difference between, you know, because I, I get, you know, people will, will bring this up when I want to talk about, like how using the word interracial is problematic, but then I do also like the cuckolding porn, which has a, like a racial element. And the thing is, is that like, yes, cuckolding porn has a racial element, but I'm actively consenting to how I am. Um, when I do those scenes, I know what I'm doing. I, I don't show up on set and people say, you're playing a drug dealer today. I don't show up on set and, and people say, like, you're the guy who's breaking into the house. I don't show up on set and people explain the scenario of, like, all right, this white girl is lost in the ghetto. I don't show up on set and reinforce tired, lazy stereotypes because people don't know or have a, a perception of what black people can be. And I think especially more than ever with what is going on in our country right now, the depictions of living bodies of color are really important to me and how we can be participating in making those better perceptions and better images of people of color. Like the fact that like we get so much shit for like showing like sexuality and like this physical communication that we can't talk about how it is that we're representing people 
and it gets chalked up to like, oh, well, it's just business that, you know, this performer doesn't do interracial, that they're like waiting or that this performer needs to have more money to sleep with a black person. Yeah, that makes or, me physically ill. I can actually feel like nausea in my it, body at the thought should. that somebody feels like that. Yeah. And and or that, you know, people of color are being too sensitive. Like it shouldn't offend you because you're a person of color. It should offend you because you're a person. A person. And, and the fact that we are going to set like stated values on people because of their is obviously clearly inherently racist. But and so retrograde, it. too. Aren't yeah. we better than that as a yeah. society? I don't know. Yeah, we do it. And then, you know, it's a big problem with letting people do it. You know, there's a big there's there's one thing of, you know, I, I keep hearing this like so often from other people in the industry. Of like, oh, well, like, you know, like this is, you know, this is business. This is how it was done. I'm like, well, that's what people used to say about lynching, <laughs> that that was how it was done. And that's what we that's what people did. It is it is. I think everybody's responsibility to fight intolerance and injustice wherever they are, and if that place is porn, then that's what I'm. Then that, that's where I'm going to do. But to use the tag to indicate like these scenarios where it is about the value and worth of a person as being less than the value of worth than the person that they're having sex with, I think is fundamentally wrong. Like, granted, yes, I want people to be able to find what sort of, like, people they want to see interacting. And I don't really know how to get around that when yeah. we, like, when the internet is this tag, and internet porn has been this tag-based society. I don't really know what the way to get around that is. Let's come up with a new tag, because I know that, f- for me, part of the thing, when I've uh, personally, I don't know how, how you say this, but when I've dated black guys, right, mm-hmm. part of the turn-on is the difference in the texture and color of the skin. Yeah. It's like that is part of the turn. A turn on is like, oh, my God, I'm so white next to you. You know, mm-hmm. and do you think also that part of, and so aesthetically there should be a way to say like, oh, this is, this is one of the things that I'm into. But yeah. I wish it wasn't a word that was so loaded, yeah. like interracial. I mean, it's like. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because, like, yeah, aesthetically, like, the contrast is something that people find, like, really hot and turns them on. And that's, that's, that's one thing, and you should be able to, to find that, and you should be able to, like, you know, for people who are like, oh, well, like, this person looks like me and this person looks like my partner. I want people to be able to find the stuff that, like, you know, turns right. them on because the people or redheads. Like them or like, exactly you <laughs> but know? redheads is not a political affiliation although depends on depending who you ask. on listen depends on who you ask. i know the struggle okay i grew up with red hair do you think part of the reason why in the cockled porn where it's mostly uh, the guys uh black guys because uh why why do you think that is though can you just that's the, the oh, only wait. thing i'll end on i just i really want to know why that is because do you think part of it is like there's like less baggage it's like i'm not letting a white guy fuck my wife? Because usually the woman is the the one in charge in those things anyway. The woman is more dominant in those scenarios. I mean, it's, I mean, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, like that, those scenarios are like heavily loaded with like, you know, race play and you can unpack and unpack all these different like, you know, things. And I don't, I don't know. And I, I really would love to talk to more people who consume that sort of, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I have this disconnect of like, I make it, but I don't, it's generally it's not the that's the, not your thing it's not it's not the thing that people like when i meet fans that people 
I very rarely meet fans of like the cuckold stuff. I know they're out there, but people are like, oh, I love that cuckold scene you did with this because like <laughs> I love watching that and I love, you know, I want to be a cuckold. They're I don't out meet... there. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're definitely they're gonna out there. They're going to tweet you after I mean, this. You know, porn is really good at like, you know, responding to the things that people will pay for. So like it wouldn't be made if people weren't buying it which is, you know, a, a large argument for a lot of things in, yes. in, in porn. But there is this thing of, you know, this dealing with, like, issues through, like, role play, right? And so this, like, this fear of, like, this guy is going to either, like... So there, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different, like, levels of, like, of like cuckold scenarios. So there's the, like... I there's the kind of femdom scenario of like I have to please my wife like whatever the humiliation she, says is, she has she's making yeah, you watch and all yeah, that yeah whatever she says is law and however like you know she needs to be you know pleased, pleasured mm-hmm. yeah is is what I will you know do or make happen or you know accept you know and then there is there you know there's the you know the the race element of like oh like there's this black guy who is like maybe sometimes it's a superior superiority thing and sometimes it's a humiliation thing i do have a problem with doing and i and i i it, and I, even though i have done it like in the past now i will not do like cuckold scenes that have some sort of like oh no it's a black guy like theme to it yeah like, where i guess it's, yeah like, anything but a black guy or like i don't want you to have his black babies you know and which is which is a weird scenario because why wouldn't it's you still they're cuter like, whatever it's still it's still like a consent situation but yeah. at the same time it's um it's a it's a weird you know it's a weird dynamic to be to be a part of when because then it it, it removes like that that person from this it removes that bull from like being a, a person to just being a prop you know, and which there are definitely times where like being a prop is totally okay. I'm totally fine with it. That's just personally, that's just not one of the times I, you know, would prefer to be in that situation. Um, but there's, there's so much wrapped up. That's why I want to meet more people who, who consume it because I have this, you know, curiosity because it wasn't something that I was like, you know, a lot of times, you know, through my career, like I found, um, you know, I think we're always finding out, oh, wait, this is a thing? Yeah. Where, like, people, like, really, like, like the sound of, like, balloons squishing, and that triggers a sexual response, and, like, so there's a fascination. Balloon porn, the, huge. Yeah, huge. Huge in China. Yeah, yeah. and, you know. People, I'm just making that up. I have no oh, idea. I thought you knew it was huge in China. I, like, no. I know it's I just have a huge, way of yeah. sounding authoritative for the things I know and nothing it, about. It was very convincing. It's very huge convincing. in Belgium. Balloon porn. Well, now I don't believe you. Number you one you... search word. Yeah, but you shouldn't believe me. I'm joking. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I But, yeah, know, I, I love find, that like, thing of, like, like, that's a thing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think that's, you know, it's, like, fascinating. We don't talk about, like, it's so easy for people to talk about what makes them angry, but nobody talks about, like, what makes them happy and what, like, you know, turns them on. Like, so easy to talk about what you hate. People talk about what they hate all day. Let's go on any Facebook page and you see that. But... You know, I find it far more interesting to be like, wow, like that really turns you on. Like, why is that? Like, obviously you share the same thing because you, you talk about sex and sexuality all the time. Um, but that is something that is like really like fascinating to me of like where people feel that they, um, you know, get 
sexual pleasure from like either uh, assuming a role of power or like giving up power or, you know, being powerless in, in situations is of particular interest to me um, because of the work I, I do in, in BDSM performance. So that's always been really fascinating to me. And just also, you know, you can't live in this world as a person of color and not talk about like power dynamics and, or, be a woman or you know so like those those particular scenarios are are, are fascinating to me thank you so much for contributing to that conversation about what is it that you need what is it you want what is it you're into if you don't know who is going to know i hope that this inspires people to talk about like you said, more about what they love and less about what they hate. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Mickey Maud, I'm going to make you self-promote right now. Okay. And tell us where people can find you. Um, right now, people can find me uh, on Twitter at, uh, at the Mickey Maud. See, that wasn't so hard. It was not. 